fellow switches, this is Sara, and today I'm having another solo podcast because Zoe is busy with work. I don't know if I've said this already, she got a promotion, so she's gonna be working a lot more than usual and might not always be available to record the podcast with me. I hope that doesn't disappoint too many people that you'll hear more from me, but she says hello and hopefully she'll be here next time. Today we are going to talk about love and we're going to ask the questions is love enough and is love the point and we're going to do this through Motherland for Salem's characters of course. Specifically this episode is going to be a lot centered on Rael and Abigail. No not as a couple but as separate characters who have very different experiences with the relationships. We're also going to have a bit of a fun um, segment, not to be taken seriously, that is imagining if everyone in Motherland for Salem were in a same-sex couple, who would they be paired with? And that's just gonna be my very very serious <laughs> take on who I would pair everybody up with, basically. So the first question that I asked was, is love enough? And by that, I mean a lot of things. Is love enough in life? Like, um, if we're in love, is that in itself? enough to keep us going? Is that is that a way to be happy? Is that something that can alone carry our happiness? Is it something that should be our one ambition? Or should we look for more? Can we only have love in life and let that be enough? And can love be enough in a relationship? Can a relationship be worth it and healthy? just because there is love and I want to tackle this from the point of view of Rael because Rael finds herself in a situation in Motherland where she's clearly unhappy at the beginning of the series she doesn't really have much to live for her mother's dead she is forced to join the army she kind of sees that as the end of her life. A life that she didn't even get to live at all because, you know, she um, she has to join the army at 18. That's pretty young. She just started leaving and she's ready to die, basically. She's expecting to die. And that's her whole attitude. We've we've talked about this before. We have pointed out how, well, the show has pointed out how Rael's intention was to just get killed in the front line. You know, not even play the game. What's the point? And Scylla is what changes her mind. When Scylla, you know, kind of asks her to... To live, basically. She 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 tells Rael to give it a shot. To use the army for 
her own gain, for her her own growth, and to just learn everything that she could from the army, and then use that to survive. And it's a good point, but it's not what changes Rael's mind. She changes her mind because she starts falling for Scylla. So she starts to take the army seriously because being in the army means being with Scylla, and going to work college would mean having more time with Scylla. And that is what drives her at the beginning. And when it all falls apart, Rael falls apart, and she is so much worse than the beginning. You know, she's she's desperate when Scylla disappears, and she, she crumbles, she has a full-on breakdown. And she doesn't pull herself to... She doesn't quite pull herself together until she finds out the truth about Scylla. Now, what's interesting to me is the shift. After Rael finds out the truth, it's like the truth kind of frees her from this lovesick state that she was in. And if in that situation, two things could have happened. She could have pulled herself together, which is what she does, or she could have fallen apart even worse. Because finding out the truth about Scylla, finding out that Scylla had been lying to her this whole time, that, from what Rael can tell, it was all a lie. There's, there was nothing true, true about it. Um, and she had based her whole will to live on a lie. So now that that was gone, she could have been... She could have thrown herself in arms way, way worse than before. But that is not what happens. What happens is that Rhea wakes up and she realizes all of the other reasons that she has to have a happy life. She realizes that she has her unit. She realizes that she can fight for something. In a way, I even think that she realizes that being in the army doesn't necessarily mean agreeing with everything the older does. We don't, we don't really uh, get to see much of it, and obviously it would be great if Motherland could have unlimited screen time and we could um, see and explore every little development of every character and, you know, have an in-depth explanation for all of their growth. That would be awesome, but it's not very realistic, so we kind of have to fill in the gaps and understand what happens from just very small scenes. And I do believe that her relationship with Anacostia near the end of the season shows her that she can be in the army without agreeing with everything the Alder does. And I think that's very important, important as well, because I feel like that's a big part of um, Rael being disappointed when they don't get into work college. Because she was finally seeing the point that Scylla was making in that first uh, moment when Rael changes her mind. And finally, the reason that she stays in the, in the army is because of what Scylla has said, in a way. She finally sees the logic in the statement rather than just agreeing to it because she's lovesick, basically. <laughs> so she finally sees that she can get something from the army, that she can 
that she can grow and learn from the army and she can use that to protect the people that she loves. I feel like that kinda all ties up near the end and there's still plenty to go. Rael still has plenty to learn and she still has plenty to think about but I feel like at the end finally she sees that there doesn't need to be this one sole reason to keep going. There can be different and perhaps small or rather that the feel like they're smaller reasons and to fight for and that she can even fight for herself and in a way fighting for her unit is fighting for herself as well. So to go all the way back to the question that I asked, is love enough in itself? No, it isn't. And there's a lot of growth and maturity shown into understanding, truly understanding that love is not enough. It seems like such a simple concept, you know, you need more in life than just love. But it's not, because when when you fall in love, it's so intense that it can be overwhelming and it can take over your life. And it very much did with Rael, and we see that. And you might not notice it. You might not be aware. You might even think that that you have it under control, that it's not taking over your life. Because at the end of the day, Rael's results in training improved immensely. I mean, Sula says it herself. She's very smug with Anacostia at the wedding when she tells her that actually Rael has been improving since she has been hanging out with Sula. Hanging out. That's what the kids call it these days. And that can be confusing. It, it can It can trick us into thinking that yeah, love is enough because Luke is such a good influence on me. I'm doing so much better now that I have this. I am I am being more productive. This the relationship is like pushing me to um improve myself and to put great effort into the activities that I do, and that may very well be true, but if the whole reason while you're doing things is love, that is not good enough and that is not healthy. Because once you take love away, and a lot of times love is gonna end. It's not often that love's, love is there forever. And, you know, sometimes we shouldn't even want love to be there forever. It's okay to love and then move on. And it's okay for some loves to fall apart. Not that I want that to happen for real, like, they need to be in the game. Absolutely. This is real-life talk, not fiction talk. In fiction, they need to have a happy ending at the end of, like, Motherland's 20th season or whatever. But anyway, the point is that when love does fall apart, you fall apart. If everything was based on love, then your whole life was. And that is not secure. Because as much as you can trust a person... As much as you can love a person, love isn't something that you can control. It isn't something that you can ever secure. 
because it's love and if you could control it it would not be love and that's the beauty of it it comes and goes you have no control over it whatsoever it leaves you completely defenseless and useless especially if you're gay and that's beautiful but it's not healthy to base your whole life on something like that it's also not healthy to base your whole life on just one thing but especially if it's something like that and we see that through Rael's journey and I feel like the way that Rael deals with it in the end is the the best possible way to deal with it is realizing that everything that you achieved while you were in love you can still have it is not bound to love you don't have to lose all of that just because you lost love she still has her unit she still has her drive she still has her ideals she still has something to fight for she just needs to base it on something else to have the strength to you know support those reasons i guess without love just base them on herself on her own um needs and goals and passions i don't know if this made any sense at all but i was trying to analyze i guess an underlying message that i personally found in Rael's relationship arc with Scylla and obviously I want them to get back together and I want them to have a happy ending I also want them to have a proper um, growth separately, individually and then slowly and healthily come back to one another but I feel like it's really powerful to show the concept of love not being enough in itself with a love like Rayla because their love feels so intense and I mean we would like to think that it's true love right it it would be great if they were endgame and you know they're soulmates and all of that and that's great let's say that they are it makes the message all the more powerful it tells us that even if soulmates are a thing and we find ours that is not enough to base your life on and that's okay that's perfectly fine love is not supposed to be all you have you can have more you can want more it's healthy to want and have more than just love and not more in the sense of better but just more in the sense of having other things and it's okay if they're not as intense as love it's okay if they can't compare in the sense of how they make you feel that's all fine but i found it a good reminder that you need more than that and that even the most passionate or truest if that's what we want to believe of loves needs more it, it's just um it just doesn't make a life in itself and i like that i really really like that and i think it makes their love even more realistic and true 
The second question I wanna answer through Abigail's storyline and arc. Because for Abigail, love isn't always the point. And we are shown this in so many different ways with the relationships that we see her have with other characters. The most immediate is the fact that Abigail has plenty of lovers. And, you know, she kind of uses men as batteries, like, just to um, replenish her energy, which is cool and empowering. It also tells us it's okay if sex or any kind of physical relationship isn't about love. It's okay if it's just about feeling good with yourself, with the other person, just all of you feeling good. Great. Fantastic. And there, there doesn't need to be love. I like that. At the same time, there doesn't need to be a relationship for there to be love. I feel like we see this with Libba. Not because, and you know, I do I ship them? Yes, of course I ship them. They have such chem. They had. Oh my god, they had su such chemistry. So of course I ship them. But am I saying that Elliot meant to say that they had feelings for each other? No, I'm not saying that. Maybe they had. Maybe they hadn't. But the point is, there was something there. There was a kind of deep affection that was never really addressed and it was kind of covered up with being enemies but truly they did care for each other a lot and you know city drop is supposed to show us that and it does um i still think that it would have been better for it to be shown throughout the episodes that came before city drop and i i feel like it was a bit lazy to just kind of show us the relationship all in one episode and it was kind of predictable that Libba would have died because like yeah we know you, you show us their bond and then she dies and we're supposed to be shocked and uh, in gri griefing and we were we, we did grieve Libba because come on come on why but all the same, we do see that there was something there. And whether it was friendship, whether it was f romantic feelings or something else entirely, there was a connection and there was care. And care doesn't always manifest through affection. It doesn't always manifest through friendship or through love. So that's another kind of love or care that we see with Abigail, another kind of relationship that we see through Abigail. And then we have the unit and how Abigail comes to deeply care for them and it's a sisterhood kind of love. It's not really something that Abigail had before. It is something that I suppose she was prepared for in the sense of loyalty because Abigail's always been taught about loyalty, but I feel like she didn't quite have this kind of deep bond 
and friendship. And it's powerful to see how that deep of a friendship can sometimes look like romantic feelings. Because Abigail and Riel do have some scenes where there is a lot of chemistry. And Abigail and Tally have some scenes where you could have interpreted their chemistry as romantic. And you know, there is no wrong way to interpret it. You can ship Abigail and Tally, you can ship Abigail and Riel. Um, personally, I don't, and I do think it's going to be a more sisterhood kind of friendship. Mostly because I think it makes sense with the storyline that we're given. They're witches, there's, um, in witchcraft, sisterhood is quite an important theme. At the same time, depending where Elliot intends to take it, there is also, um, with the topic of witchcraft, there is this kind of deep affection for each other that sometimes is simply friendship and sometimes um, expresses itself with more and gets more physical. Which I wouldn't mind, and it would be, I think, a good addition to their dynamic and relationship, and it would show that that is also something that can happen. It's okay to want to want a physical connection with a friend, with somebody that you don't have romantic feelings for. And... It's okay to have romantic feelings for a friend that you don't want a physical connection with. You know, it's okay to mix it up. It's okay to have feelings that aren't just one thing or another, that aren't easily categorized into friendship or romantic love or sexual attraction. It's okay when all of that is kind of mixed up together. And... Whether Elliot is gonna make this more explicit or not, I feel like we've already seen that in these small moments where they have a particular chemistry. Because Abigail and Tally, I personally, I feel like in the early episodes, they had a bit of a romantic chemistry, and I thought that I might um, end up shipping them. Abigail and Riel have this kind of flirty, almost, phys almost physical, sexual tension. Like um, in the restaurant before Scylla comes to get Riel. Riel and Abigail are alone, they're laughing, and there is this tension in the air that is different from what there is between Abigail and Tally. Between Abigail and Tally, it's very soft, it's, it's very sweet. It's very something that you would see evolve into something romantic. While Abigail and Riel have something that is more physical, it's more an attraction kind of thing. And when they fight as well, their their friendship even is much more physical in a tense kind of way. Their physical interactions are more tense than the ones that Abigail has with Tally, which are very soft and are usually hugs. So I feel like that's another amazing thing that Motherland has as a message to kind of remind us that it's okay to feel something that isn't easily labeled as friendship, 
sexual attraction or romantic attraction. And it's okay to mix the three up. And I feel like it's really beautiful to show that with witches and within a pagan kind of culture. And finally, because I could definitely talk about the dynamic of the unit forever, let's get to Dill. So what Abigail has with Dill, I don't buy into their chemistry, into their romantic chemistry. I don't see it. I don't feel a romantic um, bond between them. I don't think that they're gonna fall in love in the in the romantical sense of the word. However, there is definitely something, and I think that it's yet another expression of love that Elliot has put into the show, that he has written into Abigail's character. And I love this about Abigail. I love that, that she is capable of love in so many beautiful, different ways. With Adil, I think there's a lot of curiosity into the mix. I think it's very much the intellectual kind of attraction. She wants to know because Adil comes from a culture that is completely different from the one she grew up in. He has a completely different mentality and has all this knowledge, this ancient knowledge about magic and lives magic in a way that is completely different from the way Abigail has been taught to live it. At the same time, like they're, they're different, they belong to different worlds, but at the same time they're not so extremely opposed that they can't get, come together. They can, and they come together through their curiosity towards each other. And this kind of attraction that is very much intellectual, is very much based on discussing their opinions, their ideas, the ways that they see the word. And I love that. I love that. And it's a very, it translates into some strong passionate scenes where, you know, where, for example, when Adele um, kind of shows Abigail that invisibility magic and then leaves immediately when she says, basically she says that the army could re could really use magic like that and he's he's quite upset and irritated that that's, that that was her takeaway. So he leaves and that was quite charged. And then there are scenes like the one after City Drop where Adele just holds Abigail and they're just on the bed and he simply holds her. He, he's barely holding her, to be fair. He's like just gently spooning her. And I feel like that's really soft and nice. And I don't particularly ship them, but I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing the kind of intellectual love that translates into this very soft being there for each other. Because that's kind of what they have going on. They connected through their curiosity and the way that they express it, the way that they express their care for each other is by being there for each other. And Adil does it for Abigail and Abigail does it for Adil when she tells him that 
somebody else is going to take over um, from Alder, so he should wait and see whether he can work better with the new leader. And, um, you know, that's her way of being there for him. They don't agree on a lot of things. They are very different, but they're there for each other. Even when it's on something that they don't necessarily agree on, they support each other. And that kind of concludes the the different kinds of love or rather relationships that I have personally identified within Abigail's storyline. And again, I really love that Elliot put all of this into Abigail's character, that he showed all these different relationships through Abigail. Another thing that I love is that he chooses to represent the more traditional, if you want, and passionate and intense and overwhelming love through the Suffolk couple, or through Ellen Silla, and then instead shows all these different ways of caring for each other through Abigail, who's the character that, if you were to only think about her um, track record of sleeping partners would be the more straight character and I'm I'm drawing air quotes because we don't know if she's straight she um, well there's no labels in motherland but she may very well be into girls actually I have a feeling Abigail is into girls as well <laughs> um, but you know She's the one, I feel, that could most easily be read as straight. Even though, again, I don't read her as straight. But I feel like that was a, a very nice thing that Elliot did there. He took a character that could have been just the... You know, you when you have a same-sex couple, especially if it's so important in a storyline, you want to have an opposite-sex couple to appease the general says hat audiences uh and he doesn't do that he doesn't do that he instead chooses to portray so many different kinds of love through abigail and you know that's kind of the way that i answered the question the initial question is love always the point no i don't think love is always the point and that's okay it's okay to have relationships where romantic love or sexual attraction aren't necessarily the point. It's okay to get something else from a relationship. It's even okay to have a relationship and call it a relationship if there is no love or sexual attraction. There can still be something else and that is okay and that is beautiful. And I love that we see that through Abigail specifically. Especially because she's sort of the character you would the least expect this from. Because, you know, she was raised... She comes from an army family. She was raised to be a soldier. She was raised to believe in loyalty more than love, really. So I feel like it's really beautiful that Elliot portrayed all these different ways that you can care for someone and love someone with Abigail, with a character that was supposed to be all about loyalty and kind of army sisterhood, if you want. 
So after all that serious talk, let's have a more funny segment. If everyone in Motherland for Salem were in a same-sex relationship, who would you pair them up with? Yes, I am asking you guys. You can send me your pairs. I'm gonna read out mines. So obviously I would keep Rael and Scylla together. I would put Abigail with Libba. Yes, Abigail is shippable with pretty much anyone, especially because of what I said in the previous segment. She has so many connections that are kind of love, but not the traditional kind of love that we usually think about when we say love. The one that I ship her the most with is Libba, just because their chemistry was the strongest one to me. And I feel like there was so much in that relationship that we didn't get to explore. So much in their bond that we didn't get to explore. So I would pair her with Libba. You know, with a side of dudes that just come in from time to time. Because both Abigail and Libba like their boys. And yes, plural. They both left the dance with two boys each. So I reckon they would have their fun. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to Tally, I would put Tally with Glory. Glory clearly likes girls, and I feel like there might have been something between them already. I mean, they grew up in a place where there were no guys, and sure, she was a virgin when she came to for Salem, but that doesn't mean she didn't kiss, maybe explore a little bit. So I feel like something might have already happened there and I would very much like to explore their chemistry because they have gay vibes. They do. The first time that Glory was on screen, I immediately pointed it out. I was like, oh, oh, gay. <laughs> Older, I would put with General Sharma or with Wade. And thinking of it, Maybe just put all three of them together. I feel like they would... Oof, their dynamic would be explosive. Three incredibly powerful women. Three leaders who definitely cl clash a lot. <laughs> yes, put them together. Their chemistry would be on fire. I would put Anacostia with Beriessa. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. We only see her like in one episode, perhaps two, because she teaches the dance and we see one scene with Anacostia. And I don't know why I ship them, but I ship them. They just had, I don't know, I think they had some chemistry in that scene, but it's literally one scene. So this is completely illogical. Still, I stand by it. I think they would make a good couple. I would put Isadora with General Clary, the one that lost the daughter. Again, I don't know why. It's just... I don't know. I was kind of thinking of what other teacher we knew, and there wasn't another one except... Oh, the one that teaches them, teaches them how to use Salva. Oh, what about Isadora and Bridie? That could be another one. Oh, clarification. Clary might have been a lieutenant, not a general. I don't remember. Moving on, I would put Adil with Augustine. Augustine? I don't know. 
Uh, but yeah, I would put them together. I don't know why. I just think aesthetically they would look good together. I don't know. This is completely random, guys. This is absolutely not serious. It's all a joke. I would put Byron with Garrett because they would definitely look great together. And I would put Witchfather with the Russian general that was at the council table, you know? I don't know if any of you even noticed him, but yeah, he's the one that brings the seed from the terrain, makes Alder listen to it, and he's the one that calls Alder by her first name, I'm pretty sure. I think that's why I remember him. I was like, oh, he called her Sarah. Um, so yeah, I would put him with which father. I don't know why, they're just the only two adult men that I can think of beside Rael's father and the Camarilla guy. So I'm gonna go with that. And finally, I would put Hilary with Beth Trefine. And that's that. That's all the pairs that I can think of. There's more characters, but um, I don't know who to pair them with. Oh, um, there's Willa, and Willa remains heterosexual because she's evil. And she doesn't deserve a same-sex partner. She doesn't deserve a partner. She doesn't deserve love. She No, she doesn't deserve anything. She made her daughter think that she was dead. No. Um, <laughs> was I too harsh? I don't think I was too harsh. What she's done to Rael, I would not forgive her. Um, anyway... This was all a joke, please don't take it seriously, but thank you for listening. I hope you had a good time, even though Zoe wasn't here to make the podcast actually fun. So yeah, anyway, let us know what you think of the podcast, send us feedback, send us requests if uh, there is anything that you want to hear on this podcast. Uh, we did get a couple and we'll get around to that, so there might even be... A small surprise when Zoe and I can actually get together to get it done. It's not an episode. That's a spoiler. There you go. So yeah, come talk to us on Twitter and stay safe. Thank you for tuning in, guys.